Hello, and welcome to One Single Thought, the podcast where two Christian single women take theological deep dives and bring perspectives on life mixed with levity and joy. You know what, Heather? What, Rose? We have a special guest to the walk-in closet again today. We do. And it's a return guest. It is. So we only had two. So the return guest is when we was our first walk-in closet special guest, Lindsay Cook. Welcome back. Woohoo! Thank you. So for those of you all who are faithful listeners, you may remember Lindsay from our episode on Singles in the Kitchen, which I'll link in the show notes. But when she was on originally, it's kind of ironic, we had recorded that episode, and then when it came out, the day it came out was the day that her mom unexpectedly passed away. So we've, we've been sitting on uh, this idea for a podcast for a while to give Lindsay time to get through that uh, period of grief, because we wanted to talk about grief and what that looks like. So Heather, why don't you share a little bit more about our topic and what we're going to talk about today? All of us have been touched by grief in some way. Everyone, I think, especially if you're an adult, you've been touched by grief at some level, whether it's someone who's close to you or a distant relative, or maybe you know someone, a friend of a friend or a family member of a friend. We've had some level of loss, most likely, in our lives. Not only a loss of a loved one, but also other types of loss that we might experience, whether it's career related or you're moving to a new place or a relationship ends or something like that. There's all kinds of grief that we experience. And so we thought we would talk a little bit about grief and just talk about the hope that we can have through that and how how we deal with it. We're not experts in this. Rose is probably the closest thing to a counselor because you're working towards that, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are, we're just going to talk as sisters and see what we, how we deal with it. And so our topic is grief today, but our one single thought is hope is not lost. Hope is not lost. Okay, Lindsay, we're going to start with you. And if you're good with this, just share a little bit about your mom's passing and what life has looked like for you since then. Okay. Well, at the end of November, my mom had an appointment for knee replacement surgery in one of her knees. And she completed the surgery and everything was fine. She was healthy, 61-year-old, and everything was good to go, we thought. She was doing all her exercises that she was supposed to do. And then a week later, the day before she was supposed to go to her first physical therapy appointment, she passed out with a pulmonary embolism and she ended up passing away within hours of that. So it was very sudden, very shocking, and it was very disorienting Mm -hmm. for me and everybody in our family and their close friends. I felt like I was in a fog for a long time and just doing logistics and I felt like I would just walk from room to room and would forget Mm -hmm. things. And it was just very, a very confusing time. That was for about three months. I felt like that. So Lindsay, when do you think, Mm -hmm. when did you begin to, or is there any specific trigger or time where you felt like you were starting to come out of that, out of that fog? Mm -hmm. I'd say, yeah, probably around March of this Mm -hmm. year because she passed away on the 6th of December Mm -hmm. and I'd say around March April I started to slowly feel like myself again Mm -hmm. and so for me grief has just been a very long journey and I've learned I've 
I took grief share. I did grief share. And um, I learned that grief is not linear and that you can go forward and go backwards and move all the way around. And, you know, I've experienced sadness and guilt and all the things. But one thing that's consistent is sometimes I just feel like, well, this just doesn't feel real Mm -hmm. still. It feels like she's she's just gone away somewhere and she's going to come back Mm -hmm. at any moment. So that's, that's been the hard part is like when you wake up and it's like, oh, she's not here. Mm -hmm. So Lindsay, can you talk a little bit about grief share? I mean, I've heard about it. I've never been through it, although I probably should have at some point. But for people out there that might be interested, like something that would help them with grief. Mm-hmm. So it's a Christian-based uh, program. The grief share that I went to was hosted at the church that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. And myself and my dad and my brother, we went to it. And it's people who've lost loved ones. And it can be, most of the time, it's recently people who've recently lost loved ones. And we go through a workbook and talk about the stages of grief and share our experiences and watch a video. And I found it to be helpful. I think my dad found it to be helpful because he was able to connect with other people who've lost spouses. So I thought that was very helpful. And just having friends to talk to and to randomly call and cry to, like (laughs) I have with Heather several times, (laughs) because most of the time I feel pretty good. But then there are times when it just hits and it's it's a pretty big wave of emotion. So that's when you've got to lean on your friends and you're really not, I really don't feel like we can do this on our own, which is why it's good to have church and your church body and your friends when you're going through something like this. And that's been very helpful for me. The first several months, it was really hard to focus on work Uh and hard to really think about anything. And there's days when I just, you know, you don't feel like doing anything because you're sad, but that's just the the stages of grief that, you know, you realize some of that's just a season that you're walking through and it's not going to be like that forever, but you do have to sit with those feelings and experience that grief in order to move through it. But it's not easy and it's not something, this type of loss is not anything I've ever experienced before. Mm -hmm. I've lost grandparents I lost an uncle that was really close to our family in 2020. He died of pancreatic cancer and he was 57. That was my dad's brother. And that was really hard for our family. And losing a parent is disorienting because it's like part of your foundation. Mm-hmm. And then when part of your foundation is gone, you, I feel a little lost sometimes. The other thing is trying to be there and support my dad because you know I can't relate to what it's like to lose a spouse I don't know what that feels like Uh, I can't imagine losing a life partner of 43 years because they'd been married for 43 years they got married when my mom was 18 and my dad was 20 and they went to high school together and my mom was going to retire next month she was going to get her knee replaced so she could enjoy retirement and they had trips planned Mm -hmm. and yeah, it's just hard hitting all those milestones of first Mother's Day. The first yes. Christmas was really tough because it was just weeks after she passed away. So that was difficult. And now we're coming up on when she was supposed to retire and her birthday's on July 30th. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's just different milestones that remind you, okay, you know, she's yeah. not here to celebrate those things. So mm-hmm. that that part has been difficult, but... I know that, like I was saying, the sadness is part of the grief and you don't stay there forever. Mm -hmm. 
So, Rose, I know you lost both of your parents some years ago. Uh, can you share what grief looks like years later? Yeah, so my mom passed away in 2000 after an illness. She died the day after my birthday when I was 35. So, I know Lindsay and I have talked a lot because she's also, she was 35 when her mom passed away and what that looks like. Uh, my dad passed away in 2013 after a short illness. And I think for me, when it happened... The grief looked a lot different when you lose somebody after a long illness. My mom was a diabetic and she had a, she had a diseased liver was basically what took her. It's funny because she, it's technically non-alcoholic cirrhosis of the liver. And my mom was like, cirrhosis of the liver. I never took a drink in my life. And mm. she suffered for quite a while. And a lot of my grief happened before she passed away because I knew it was coming. And then when she passed away, there was some bit of relief because I knew she was out of her suffering. With my dad, I think what was difficult is that his happened, although I, I felt like the Lord had prepared me that this was when my dad was going to pass. It still was very, it was fast. It wasn't expected. And so my grief for him mainly occurred, of course, after he died. So looking down the road now, my mom's been gone, you know, we'll be 20 three years in September and my dad actually was gone 10 years this past just this past May in 2013. I think as time goes by there is a, a part of the grief that is you, it gets better over time. I think partially I grieve now over the things that my mom hasn't been able to be a part of mm -hmm. or all the people that she never got to meet in my life because now, I mean, I still have friends that knew my mom, but a lot of my friends, like you two, yeah, have never yeah. got to mm -hmm. meet her. That's that part of is what I grieve now. But I think that, you know, one thing about the loss of parents is we talk about that to kind of start the conversation. I did. I felt very much like Lindsay. You said you felt even when I knew my mom was dying. There's just a finality when she's gone and you start to think, what is life going to be like now? And I was worried about my dad and, you know, how he was going to cope. And so in a lot of ways, you know, my grief, I didn't think as much about me as I did him because my parents were married when they were 19 and 21 and they'd been married 53 years. So that was, you know, watching my dad just cry at her bedside, it was just almost too much. Like mm -hmm. it was a lot. And it did, I mean, as far as being single at the time, it's actually what raised my bar because I was like, this is the kind of man that I want to marry because he's going to have to be with me through thick and thin, sickness and death, all that. So I think after losing my dad, I think it's just the reality of, I don't care how old you are, you feel like an orphan because now both your parents mm -hmm. are gone. And so, I mean, we our last episode, we talked a lot about the church and what the community means. And I think Lindsay, you mentioned how important it is to have a community. I think that's really what we need when things like this happen. And I couldn't have gotten through either deaths of my parents without my church family. And I, I want to mention too, because your parents were older. And I think a lot of times, especially when you get older and you lose parents or lose grandparents who are really up in age and you expect them. Mm -hmm. um, like I have an elderly friend who's 
98 and he's about to pass away. I don't know when, but that's coming and you know it's coming. You know they're suffering. You know they're ready to, to leave. They're ready to, they're ready to pass away. They're ready to move on, hopefully to, to be with Jesus. And, but at the same time, when those people pass away, you can still grieve them and it's okay because I think a lot of times like, oh, well, he was, he was 95, you know, he was old, he was sick and, and people kind of shrug that off as like, it's not the same kind of grief. And, you know, if you, if you are um, older and you have a parent who's in their nineties and they pass away, that's still mm. significant and you still lost a parent and it's still okay right. to grieve that. Well, I agree a hundred percent. I don't think it matters the age. Yeah. You know, if you had a relationship with someone mm -hmm. that you loved and mm -hmm. that person dies, you're going to grieve that mm -hmm. no matter how old they are. I know my grandmother died in 2020 of COVID and yeah. that was my mom's mom. And my mom was very sad about that for a long time. Yeah. And she couldn't have a regular funeral and mm -hmm. she didn't have the closure mm -hmm. that you would normally get from a funeral. Yeah. That, uh, that's a whole, gosh, that's a whole other issue of grief, especially during pandemic times mm -hmm. that yeah. you couldn't have that closure that you needed. And I, you know, I can testify that is a, as tough as it is to go through the funeral of a loved one like that, having that closure means so much. Mm -hmm. Heather, I know there are more types of grief than just the loss of a loved one that we've shared so far in the episode. What are some examples that you could share about other, of other sources of grief? I think it's important to mention that even if you haven't lost a loved one yet, maybe you've never lost anyone, maybe you're younger, you never lost a grandparent even if you haven't experienced that type of loss, there's still other things in life that we grieve and that it's okay to grieve over them. For example, the loss of a relationship. So you break up with somebody or maybe you, you and a friend have a falling out or maybe someone moves away. Maybe someone's just no longer in your life anymore and it was a close friend or someone you really cared about. It's okay to grieve those losses because that's a, that's a loss. Another thing would be a loss of a dream. Maybe there's something mm. you've always wanted to do and circumstances being the way they are, you're not going to be able to do it. Those are things that are okay to, to grieve. Even singleness, and we've talked about this mm -hmm. um, before, I think, in our singleness episode a long time ago. But if there's something you've always wanted, maybe you always wanted to be married and now you're in your 40s and 50s and it's not going to happen. Maybe it's too late for you to have kids. It's okay to grieve that the key with those things and we would say that with someone who's lost a loved one as well because there will be a period of mourning and a period of grief but it's important for you to move on to move forward mm -hmm. you can still have those moments of sadness and grief we're not intended to stay there i think that's important and rose i mean for you you know you lost your leg and you grieved over that mm -hmm. and that's i can't imagine dealing with that kind of loss you know when i was in the hospital um one of the ladies at our church holly bruton who lost her husband to covid dr greg bruton who was a music professor at southern baptist seminary was telling jaylen as i was laying in the hospital in icu that she told jaylen you need to let her grieve this loss and I, I never really thought about it a lot until after I lost my leg that I was going through that grief. And mm -hmm. it's funny, just the other day, Lindsay, I had somebody tell me what you said that you learned in Grief Share, that grief is not linear. So like the different stages of grief I've experienced with the loss of my leg, but not in a linear fashion, more cyclical. And I was told by someone that 
or I read it somewhere that the loss of a limb is very similar to the type and the grief you have with that is very similar to when a woman loses a child through a miscarriage or you know a stillborn birth because you basically are losing part of yourself so even though that child doesn't live a life of where you have its it has its kind of own identity it's been living inside of a, of a mother's womb and so when that that loss happens it's very similar to what it feels like when you lose a limb and so it definitely does come with its own set of grief and grieving because you do you grieve the you know kind of some of the things you talked about Heather there are some things that I'm never going to be able to do again or anything I do is going to require adaptation or whatever you have to grieve that and kind of come to the acceptance Mm -hmm. of this is what life is like just as if we're having to grasp the acceptance that my mom and dad are gone or that Lindsay's mom is gone Mm -hmm. it's very similar Well, I was thinking also we celebrate some holidays here like Mother's Day and Father's Day. And there are people who may have had Mm -hmm. parents, but they didn't have good relationships with them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they might have estranged relationships with siblings or Mm -hmm. parents or even children. And I think there's grief with that, too, because if you think about a kid that grows up that didn't get the kind of parenting that they should have gotten, you know, they didn't get that love that a child should have. And so there's grief you know, I didn't have that love from a parent yeah. or from a sibling or whatnot. Yeah. So there's there's grief even when people are still here, but mm-hmm. the relationship is broken. And there can be grief when good changes take place too. For example, my 18-year-old nephew has just left home to join the Marines. He's in boot camp right now. Um, essentially, he's left the nest and our family, you know, we're excited for him and we're supporting him as much as we can while he's away. But there is a sense of grief there because mm-hmm. he's grown up, you know, yeah. he's left home mm-hmm. and um, he's now, you know, he's starting his life and with a, this new adventure. And, you know, I'm not his mother, I'm his aunt, but just watching, you know, my sister grieve that loss, you know, that he's he's moving on and. Our whole family, we're just trying to adjust to this new normal of having one of our kids grown up. and um, But that's part of life. That's what happens. And But there's other things like that where you, like you maybe you change jobs and it's a better job. I've, I've grieved all the loss of coworkers that mm-hmm. have moved on to bigger and better things for work, but then also just for friendship. And there's all kinds of situations like that where it's a good thing you're moving on to and you have to grieve what you're moving on from. So I don't think grief always is bad and we, we didn't even touch on the the grief that comes over sin mm. and how that can move us towards repentance I mean that's a whole other level of mm-hmm. sorrow godly sorrow and how that leads us to repentance so grief can be good in a lot of ways yeah for sure so Lindsay what are some unexpected things that have happened good or bad since your mom's passed Well, I think I'll start with the bad first and say that it's been really difficult seeing my dad struggle Mm -hmm. and you feel helpless. Like there's nothing I can do to help him because he has to go on his own grief journey also. And so it's hard when you want to help a parent and there's really nothing you can do about it. So that's been hard. And the unexpected things of, you know, wanting to call your mom. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now I call Heather and Rose and I tell them. (laughs) And we love it. We do love it. Yeah. But there's so much more good than bad. So Mm -hmm. let me move into the good things. First Mm -hmm. of all, 
my mom never made me wonder if she loved me. Mm. So that wasn't even a question. Mm -hmm. I don't have to ever wonder, oh, you know, was my mom proud of me or mm. did she care? I never, I never once wonder or question that because she was the biggest encourager and cheerleader ever. And everybody who knows her would say the same thing. So I feel very fortunate that I had a very close relationship with my mom. And so I, I know how she felt. And the other thing is that she was a believer. Mm -hmm. So I know that she is in heaven and that's the hope that I cling to. And that helps me when I'm feeling sad. Mm -hmm. So some other good things that came out of my mom's death was that it, I think it's brought my dad closer to the Lord and mm -hmm. it's brought me closer to my dad. We've had not a super close relationship over the years mm -hmm. and that has changed quite a bit. So that's been good. And my brother became a Christian and I never thought I would see that. I mean, I knew the Lord could save him, mm -hmm. but my mom prayed for him for years. We all prayed for him for years. And so to see him accept the Lord has been really awesome. And when did he accept Christ? How, how long was it after your mom? Passed he told away? me the night that she died. Wow. Okay. He said he knew that he wanted to follow the Lord and that he had just been denying it for years and that he wanted to follow the Lord. So, cause we, we both grew up here in the word we were raised in church. Both of us were and. I think the Lord used this situation to draw him. A lot of healing in your family through this loss. Yeah, there's yeah. been a lot of healing. And even at the visitation, there were some relationships, mm -hmm. some fences that were mended mm -hmm. in front of the casket. Yeah. And, every, you know, people were crying and apologizing. And I'm like, this is what it's about. Like, life mm -hmm. is way too short. And as Christians, we should love one another in this short time that we have on this earth. Mm -hmm. And my mom's life completely reflected that. So Rose, you know, we've talked about friendships and things that have been helpful during grief. Uh, what are some practical ways that people can minister to someone who's grieving? I think that one of the biggest is just to have a listening, listening ear. We talked about that. I think Lindsay mentioned that when she needs to cry, she'll call Heather, her emotional support person. <laughs> And I think it's just good to to let people talk. One night, Lindsay came over for dinner just to, like, share about some of the things she was feeling and dealing with. So it's always good to have someone who understands the grief you've been through. I belong to an amputee group. And really, one of the reasons I belong to that group is not because I need more friends, per se, but because I can talk to people who understand what it feels like to have lost a limb. And they can help me through that grief. I think also just understanding that people grieve differently. So I am not a gravesite cemetery person. I don't find any comfort going to my mom and dad's grave. I know they're not there. And so it doesn't bring me comfort. But there's nothing wrong if you are someone who feels comforted by going to the cemetery. But I think sometimes when people are seeking counsel from others... They may be judgmental on how they grieve and mm -hmm. grief share might even talk about this, but you have to let people grieve the way they mm -hmm. grieve best. 
I think other very practical advice is whenever you take food to someone in a time of loss, put it in disposable dishes, everybody. Like, just bring food in in containers that do not need to be returned. I have a funny story to share. Share it. We need some levity in here. Let's hear some levity. My mom said, she said I could share this story. So she, as a pastor's wife, you know, she was one of those who always was in charge of either bringing meals to people or she participated in bringing meals to people who have gone through loss. And so she was, she had a stack of those disposable containers that you're talking of, the foil (laughs) containers. Um, And so she had made her, I think, I don't know if it was a casserole or what it was, but she had made that for the family and she was getting ready to take it over. She got there and realized the foil container that it was in had happy birthday written on it in huge <laughs> letters. So you might want to double check if you right. collect um, foil <clears throat> pans, make sure you don't use the happy birthday pan. Well, let me just say your mom was smart to bring it, always bring it in a disposable container. Yes. So I remember when my mom passed away, we had all these, we had them bring the food to the funeral home because... It was just my dad and I, so we weren't going to have, like, a meal or anything after, like, a big family meal. So we said, hey, we've got two full days of visitation. Just bring it to the funeral home. We had dishes. I remember we had a knife I had to keep up with. Like, it was just a lot. And that's not the time for people to have to deal with that. And I know that might sound petty if you've never been through it. But you really, to make it easier, just take stuff that does not have to be returned. I think that another thing is don't try to give counsel at the casket that is not the appropriate time. Yeah. So I remember when my dad passed away, friends of mine came through and she had just lost her mom probably a year or two before. And she goes, well, do you have a lawyer? Because I have a really good lawyer. Oh. And I was like, well, I'm not even thinking about that right now. <laughs> and so that was not the time to bring that up. So Think about that when you're at the casket, that it's not the time to say that to somebody. And then the other time, too, is don't share your personal traumatic experiences when grief is fresh. If you're going through, like what I went through, my amputation, don't share with someone about how, oh gosh, well... It got even worse after it was amputated. I had to do whatever. I got Um, gangrene. Yeah, I got more gangrene. And, you know, I mean, don't share those kind of things. Well, it's probably better that, you know, it's like someone coming up to Lindsay going, well, it's probably better that your mom had a pulmonary embolism because if she had this, this would have happened. It's like, that's not the time to try to give her, they're trying to be helpful but just think about things when you're talking to someone going through grief. Because like we've said, grief is not linear. Mm-hmm. You just never know where somebody is. You have to let them mm-hmm. get through that time. I feel like sometimes people don't know what to ask or they feel mm-hmm. awkward asking yeah. or they don't know if they should talk to you about something. Mm-hmm. And I know it's different for everybody, but I've had a lot of people just provide needs. Yeah. Or provide provide basic things for needs. like. Yeah. Heather, you texted me and said, what can I bring you? What do you need? And I don't hardly remember what I said except for <laughs> clothes detergent. And she came over with clothes detergent and a whole box of Kleenexes. And yeah. the ladies group sent gift cards to go out and eat. And 
for groceries and just providing for basic needs. I had another friend who brought me a a robe and cozy towels and she just wanted me to be cozy and Mm. calling and checking on people and just asking them how they're doing. Or just going and offering to sit with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because a lot of times for me, it's like just sometimes being alone is hard. Mm-hmm. So if you just have somebody there with you, not you don't have to be doing anything crazy, but just to sit and, you know, play Farkle or <laughs> watch a movie or something. Yeah. I think on that note, too, is just, and we've kind of already said this, but just being mindful of what you say to people. Because I think the thing is when you, you're dealing with someone who's grieving and you're trying to support them, you want to say the right thing. You want to say something to make them feel better. I think we're all, we've all been in that situation. No matter what they're sad about, even if it's just they've had a bad day and you're trying to, to help them. And I think we need to be very careful, especially with people who are grieving a, a loss of, of a loved one. Not when the loss immediately happens, but maybe later on, you're just trying to help them move on. It's easy to start to, to theologize on the situation, you know, or even even if it's a well-intended thing. So maybe you can say, oh, well, it was God's will for her to pass away and you just need to accept it. I mean, that that's a harsh end of it. On the other end of that is to say, oh, well, your loved one's looking down on you from heaven and they can see you and you should take comfort in that. Now, we don't know that in Scripture. It doesn't mm-hmm. tell us that. But, you know, it's it's a nice thought. But you just need to be careful what you tell people, that you're not misleading them one way or the other, either making them feel like, like garbage or right. making them feel like, oh, okay, everything's okay, because maybe the person was lost. And if you're saying, oh, well, they're looking down on you from heaven or telling the person that they're with Jesus now and there's no indication that they were even a Christian. You have to be very careful how you go through those conversations. Maybe the best thing is just not to say anything Mm -hmm. and then just pray for the Lord to guide you through that conversation and and then even go to scripture. It's like maybe if your friend is asking you something like, why did this happen? Or, you know, whatever. Maybe maybe it's just like, you know what? I don't know. But let's go to the Bible and see what the Bible says about it. And maybe the Bible doesn't say. I mean, maybe maybe the Lord doesn't give you an answer of why, why your mom passed mm-hmm. away at 61. But he can say, well, you know what? There is a scripture here in Romans that there's good comes out of bad. But maybe not say that right when she passes away. But right. later on down the road when we mm-hmm. see the good coming out, like with your brother and your dad. So... Yeah. I think it's great when the Lord does allow some tangible, something tangible right after a passing of a loved one that mm-hmm. sort of gives you that that little glimpse of this is maybe part of the reason why mm-hmm. it happened. And we'll never know till we get to heaven. And even then it won't matter. But I remember after my mom passed away, one of the things that God did was he really gave me a heart for discipleship. I would not have, I wouldn't be teaching our ladies class with you ladies or be intentionally discipling girls mm-hmm. that I've done for the past 20 years, 23 years almost. What I determined was, you know, when I lost my mom, there was such a void there. And I thought, how am I going to live the rest of my life without my mom? I'm only 35. And, and then I realized you know, like you said, Lindsay, you know, I was never a doubt. My mom loved me. She's our biggest cheerleader. And I thought, you know, what did, what did girls do that don't have that? Mm-hmm. And so that's really what lit the fire of discipleship for me. And so why did my mom die when I was only 35? She was 72, which isn't that old. 
you know, I, I have to think, well, maybe it's because the Lord wanted to use me for discipleship and that was the way he did it. Mm-hmm. You know, even after it's, you know, we've talked about this Heather before on the podcast, but if I hadn't lost my leg, I don't know that I would be here doing a podcast mm-hmm. right no, now. No, we wouldn't be. Because that came out of our... Mm-hmm. Our, our times on Saturday nights. Or when I brought you dinner. Yeah. <laughs> the idea got solidified after my writing cohort, which is directly related to a book I'm writing about my life. So, you know, I just think that although I don't know every reason or a reason why I had to go through this, there's good things that have come out of it. And uh, I hope there to be even more that the Lord shows. Just really, I think I love what you said, Heather, about just being there for people. Don't don't say anything. Yeah. Because sometimes we can stumble over our words trying to be helpful and I don't know about you Lindsay because this is fresh for you but you know I knew all the Bible verses I didn't need anybody to quote them to Mm -hmm. me and I almost got a little agitated when they did as if you know the word never returns void Mm -hmm. but I just that wasn't what I wanted to hear at that time Mm -hmm. like I just wanted to know that you you cared you're here and I can count on you yeah Mm -hmm. just give me a hug and a box of Kleenexes absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah I mean, I, you know, maybe I should have been like, oh, yeah, quote me all the scripture. But to me, that wasn't the, what I needed at that moment. Mm-hmm. I knew, I knew the right answers. I knew what the Bible said. But it's kind of like that scene in Still Magnolias when Malin is crying and, you know, she's like, I don't care. I just want my daughter back. Yeah. And that's when Clarice says hit Weezer and kind of breaks the ice. <laughs> Grace. breaks the, the you need tension. to link that in the show notes yeah and so <laughs> i love that scene i love yeah. that scene for that reason because melin is just being honest i want my daughter back and i think any of us that have mm-hmm. lost a loved one have gone through that that where well, we don't care don't tell me mm-hmm. all the things i already know i right now i just want my loved one back Mm-hmm. And although down the road, we we're happy to have that theological conversation, but not, not at the beginning of the yeah, loss. I think you're exactly right. And, you know, as time goes on, I, you know, you reach more and more into the truth and into the scripture as you process your grief and accept it and go through the grief stages again. And one thing that is a temptation for me is to sit in the sadness mm. People can say, why did this happen? Why did this happen? And one thing I think about is for 35 years, I had an amazing mother. And I'm so blessed and fortunate to have had her. And I try to think of all the amazing things that came out of having her as my mom and who I am today because of her. Mm -hmm. And I just try to be so grateful for that. And I feel like that really helps me when I'm feeling really sad. Mm Mm-hmm. But just focusing on gratitude and, and what I do have instead of what I've lost. Mm-hmm. There, like, like we said, there is a time you, to process what you've lost, and that's going to happen continuously. But to move forward, to think about what you have and what mm-hmm. you've had in your life. So it's like this, you know, you do have to process what you lost, but you also have to hold on to what you have and what you had mm-hmm. through that person and we've, we've mentioned this to you before and i think you even agreed that you've now you're in our bfg or bible fellowship group and you've got a class of i don't know how many women we have now about 20 25 women and mm-hmm. a lot of them are older women oh who yeah just, or 
your spiritual mothers and you want, yeah. you want to love on you and, and help every, you out. And every time somebody, yeah. one of the ladies encourages me, I'm like, it reminds me of my mom mm-hmm. because, you know, Gail came up to me one Sunday morning and told me she liked my hair. And I'm like, that's what my mom would have said. <laughs> oh, that's So great. it's really sweet. Yeah. Well, and I'm thinking about this, just this episode of the podcast. I mean, we would not have chosen this topic except for the fact that of what you've been through, Lindsay. And I think, you know, my prayer is that this episode, hopefully someone that's listening will be encouraged, or even if they haven't lost somebody, would be encouraged to on how to help someone who has mm-hmm. gone through loss. And, you know, you think about this would have not, we wouldn't have even addressed this topic because it's a sad topic if you hadn't gone through the loss of your mom and, mm-hmm. and Heather and I seeing that, you know, you being touched by grief and just how that impacted all of us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, we were sad during that time for mm-hmm. you. I remember that week was so sad. <laughs> I mean, I remember we recorded an episode on the first movies you missed episode the Saturday night after your mom's funeral. And we both, it's such an uplifting movie that we both were like, this movie was a good one to watch this week because we really needed it, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that's, I think that's really cool. Yeah. I think it's also just important to remember that it's going to take a long time. I mm-hmm. think when it's somebody that you love and you're very close to, um, it just, it takes a long time. And to be patient if you're the person going through that and know that it is a season and it's going to be a long and probably tough season, but don't do it alone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, reach out to your friends. If you're feeling sad and you need to talk to somebody, don't be afraid to call somebody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. One of the things that another one of those practical things to remember is you can ask people, what do you need? And usually when you're in that circumstance and Lindsay kind of shared it, she didn't even remember what she said, but you know, Heather came, she brought Kleenexes, laundry detergent, whatever. But from someone on that side who has been there too, don't even feel like you have to ask, what do you need? Throw out some ideas. Like, do you need this? Can I help you do this? do you want me to just come sit with you? Do you want me to be with you? You tell Mm -hmm. me. And I think I remember Heather saying when your mom passed away, like she was just like, okay, I'm here. What do you need me Mm -hmm. to do? I think a lot of times we don't, we don't even have to ask because sometimes the person's not going to know what they need. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, I've had people say, well, what can we do for you? What do you like when my, I lost my family and I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. Like some days you just don't know, but just being there is, mm-hmm. is a, is a real important thing. And even months down the road, yes. like when all the food has stopped coming in yes. and people stop texting you and you don't hear from mm-hmm. people like you were before, then you feel really lonely Yes, or you can feel really lonely. And so that's a perfect time to call yes. your friend, phone a friend and mm-hmm. ask them how they're doing or, Hey, can I stop by and hang out for a little bit or something like that? Yeah, that's a really good point, Lindsay. I try to be real conscious of that. So when someone loses, has a loss, I try to think about, okay, I want to, you know, I want to reach out to them when it happens, but then I want to make sure that a month, two months down the road, I'm reaching out to them because you're exactly right. When all of the hoopla dies down from the funeral after the fact, then all of a sudden it's like everyone else has gone on with their life and now you're sitting here going... I've got to figure out how to go on with my life. Mm. I'll never forget a lady at our church, Carol Smith, the first Mother's Day that I did not have my mom, which my mom died in September, so it was quite a few months after. 
she handed me a card at church and I thought, well, this is weird. And when I opened up and read it, it was a, a card just telling me she understood because she had lost her mom at a, at a young age as well. And it was so precious. Like I was dreading going to church that day just because I didn't really want to deal with the whole Mother's Day thing and all of that. And she just, by giving me that card, that was huge. And that was months after I lost my mom. But in a way, I, I still was struggling with my grief. Mm -hmm. And because now I'm six months out and, you know, thinking about I've got to go through mom's stuff still. Yeah. You yeah. know, you know, I've got to go through her clothes. Mm -hmm. And, and then, we will be there to help you do that. That's right. Well, and I, you know, it's, it, I appreciate it a <laughs> lot, be you know, because having to go through that stuff and it's tough. It is tough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So Heather, we've talked a lot about the sadness of grief. Um, we're not this one single thought is typically not the sad podcast, yeah. but today we've been a little sad. We've talked about that and how we deal with it, but we know there is hope because our one single thought is hope is not lost. So tell us what's the Bible teach us about hope after the grave? Well, first of all, if you've lost someone and we are focusing a lot on the loss of a person, but there's other types of loss, but just looking at the loss of through death so the loss that comes through death so we have hope first of all especially if the person you've lost is a believer first Thessalonians 4 13 through 14 says we do not want you to be uninformed brothers and sisters concerning those who are asleep so that you will not grieve like the rest who have no hope for if we believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again in the same way through Jesus God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. So we've got that promise that we will see those people once again. And just in general as believers we've got the hope that comes through the resurrection of Jesus that this life isn't all there is. There's more to it. We have hope. This is 1 Corinthians 15, 51 through 58. It says, listen, I am telling you a mystery. We will not all fall asleep, but we will all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we will be changed. For this corruptible body must be clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body must be clothed with immortality. When this corruptible body is clothed with incorruptibility, and this mortal body is clothed with immortality, then the saying that is written will take place. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your victory, where death is your sting. The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, be steadfast and movable, always excelling in the Lord's work, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. So that's encouragement to the people at the time. We can have that hope as well. That this life isn't all there is. We've got hope. And if you if you don't know Jesus and you want to know Jesus, the best place to start is in the book of John. And then also in Romans, it walks you through what it means to be a Christian. Generally, you're just repenting of your sin, confessing your sin to the Lord, repent of your sin, and then believe in him believe that he he died for you that he um he loves you and that he can make you clean and just ask that he would make you a new person and he will do that and commit to live for him um, that's all it is that's the hope we have that's where it comes from and that takes the sting out of a lot of a lot of the horrible things we go through in this life besides death but just just the way life is right now 
and we have lots of hope through through Jesus and through what he's done for us. He died, he rose again, and we have the hope of the future that um, there's something beyond what we have right here. So just to wrap all of that up, Rose and Lindsay, hope is not lost. We've got hope. We have hope. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right. Awkward transition, but we are just going <laughs> to go right into our one random thought, Rose. So my one random thought, or my one singing thought, is... <laughs> Oh dear. Baby shark do 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 to do baby shark do 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 to do baby shark do 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 to do baby shark. Oh, now you head all day. You're you're welcome for that earworm that will never leave your head today. So do you know that more people die from selfies than from shark attacks? That's depressing. It is depressing. So there was a study done and they said that between 2011 and 2017 259 people worldwide died in selfie-related accidents. And in that same time period, only 50 people were killed by sharks. So when you get ready to take that selfie, you better watch and make sure there's not a train coming down the tracks. Or don't hang over the edge too far because a selfie can kill you. Don't do it while you're driving either. No, that could do it too. The things people do for likes, I tell you. I'm telling you. So, yeah, just, and, and I guess it wouldn't count if you jump in the water and a shark eats you while you're taking a selfie, then I guess it would... Are you taking a selfie with a shark? Selfie with a wrong. shark. Is that a sharky? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dad joke. <laughs> All right, let's let's move on. You know, Ricky had a toy named Sharky. Did he really? But it died. Oh, Sharky! Oh, this is very appropriate yes. to this conversation. Well, how did Sharky die? Was he taking a selfie? Ricky killed him. <laughs> Ricky just like ripped him up. He ripped him open, and wow. the stuffing was all over the floor. Uh, this sounds really, really horrible. It is. It's depressing. <laughs> well, the shark lost on that one. So. But you know what? The grass may die, but Wormy lives on. Mm, that the, is my one Ricky thought. The today. grass may die, but Wormy lives on. <laughs> So, since we're talking about these, the the loss of things, Ricky's grass died, The it rotted, and I only had it for a month, his planter of grass that I talked about last time. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's not meant to last very long. I think you, can, you have to buy more seeds and replant it. So, I, I threw it out because it was turning brown and withering up and... And he wasn't eating it. He either. really wasn't eating it. And at that point, he was just digging the dirt out and getting it all over the floor. But if you recall, a couple of episodes ago, I told you about Wormy, the the fuzzy worm mm-hmm. toy he had that he had destroyed. And um, I bought some new Wormies from Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> and Ricky is so happy because he, that is his favorite toy, I think, ever. Does he like the Wormy better than the feather? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. he's big deal. He goes crazy over it, and I don't know why. I think it's just because the way it moves on the floor. He's very excited about Wormy. This one is yellow, so I call it Booger. (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if you can find any Wormies on Timu. Oh, listen. Timu might be a whole other episode. Yeah. I'm 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 still not convinced that's... Legit, but I guess if you've already bought something I bought something it. and it arrived and it was great. And right. Lindsay just made a purchase today, so she'll be, she can give her testimony once yeah. it, she gets I'll her stuff. have to stuff. do an unboxing. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Okay, what's our one single question, Rose? 
So our one single question is, what is something funny you do when you're depressed to cheer yourself up? Because we need to laugh. Right, we've got to laugh because after this episode, we need to laugh. So Heather, why don't you start? What do you do? Well, I mean, for the silly answer, I sing to my cat. (laughs) (laughs) And then I send the videos to my friends of me singing to my cat. And then when I receive the video of her singing with her cat, I sing to my fish and I take a video (laughs) and I send that video to my friends. And I just but, watch the video because I don't have anything to sing to. You Maybe sing a plant. plant. You have a plant. I do have a plant, Pumbaa. He's 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 growing. I could probably sing to him. But I think hanging out with people really helps because as a single person, it's easy to kind of get into your own little world as a hermit. Um, mm-hmm. And if you're depressed, it doesn't help. So being with people really helps lift your spirits. Lindsay. Well, similarly, I sing to things, whether it be a plant or a fish or myself or the mirror or my downstairs neighbors who don't realize I'm singing to them. So I do that or I dance in my apartment. Rose, what about you? So I watch funny animal videos. Not only the ones that of Ricky that Heather sends me, but I would say that the majority of people I follow on Instagram are animals. (laughs) I follow a lot of dogs. I follow, I even follow one that Heather showed me that was a bug, Tina the Bug Lady. So I watch a lot of animal videos and that kind of cheers me up. I sing to myself in my house a lot, which I think if my neighbors could hear it, they might be concerned about me. You know, I think that the theme here is that music is very good for that. Mm-hmm. When you're I down. think so. Yeah. Music and movement. Yes. I'm yes. all about exercising or going for a walk mm-hmm. or dancing. Move your body. Get the blood pumping. Yes. It really will help. Even and though laughter. Yeah. And laughter. And laughter, serotonin builds up from laughter. And even though I can't really exercise per se, I do adaptive exercises in my wheelchair mm-hmm. And I can get my heart rate up pretty high when I do some boxing and some line line dancing and all that. And I'm telling you, I do feel better after. I might be tired, but I feel better. So, yeah, I think movement, get sunshine, just get out. When you, I think Heather mentioned, you know, don't be a hermit. Like, you you can't stay in. When I was stuck inside for so long... When I finally was able just to get out of the house and go for a ride in the car, it was huge. So anytime you can do those things that can up your serotonin, Mm -hmm. you know, get your endorphins going, I think it's always a good thing to hope. And do it even if you don't feel like it. Actually, that's when you should do it is when you don't feel Mm -hmm. like it. Just go out and move and do something. Yes, for sure. Okay, well, Lindsay, thanks again for joining us and sharing with us. And I really hope that what we talked about today has helped someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you can always reach out through Rose's website. Tell us. Yeah, tell, let tell, us know. Share your thoughts with us. It would drop your email address in there because I don't think we get your contact information. But if, if you need to talk about something or if mm-hmm. you uh, would like to know about what it means to know Jesus, mm-hmm. just let us know. And um, next time, it will be July 4th on our next episode, which is Independence Day. 
and it is also our one year anniversary of one single thought. Can you can whoop you whoop. believe that? Can you believe we've been doing this for a year? Whoop whoop! I one know. year anniversary. One year anniversary, and we will see you then. And until next time, don't follow your heart, follow God. We hope you've enjoyed One Single Thought. Our theme music is provided by Lindsay Cook, and we're so happy you joined us. Please be sure to share this episode with a friend, and don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss a single episode. We'd love it if you'd rate and review our podcast so more people can find us and join our tribe of listeners. 